0: welcome to victor christian center's audio podcast we hope this message encourages you and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or fccfmd.com good to see you this morning glad that you're with us today it's good to be in god's house Together this morning, and I don't know about you, but I'm excited for spring. I'm excited for spring. I was telling our ladies yesterday in Bible study, I said it's just something about spring. It just makes you feel like you're alive again. You just feel like you come alive in spring, and so I'm thankful. Thankful for the change of the seasons this morning. A couple of things for you to take notice of in your bulletins. Uh, We will be placing orders for Easter tulips again this year. And so we weren't able to do it last year because we're here. Uh, But we're going to do it again this year. So there is a form inside of your bulletin. There's also an envelope in there. So if you would like to uh, contribute a tulip uh, to the church to be able to take it home with you on Easter Sunday, we're going to decorate the sanctuary with those tulips. So you can fill out that form if you'd like, put uh, who you'd like it to be in honor of or in memoriam to. And uh, we're going to. I think it's about $5, I think is what we have put on there for the Tulips a $5 donation. So you can put that inside your form and your money inside that envelope and just uh, put it in the bucket, offering bucket in the back. We'll be sure to order those for you and have them for Easter Sunday. And uh, they're always beautiful to line the sanctuary with and just remind us of what we're celebrating and why we're celebrating so I encourage you to do that just make sure you put the name of who you'd like to honor on there so we can list those in the bulletin on Easter Sunday we will be having a good Friday service this year it will be uh, on Friday April 2nd so we invite you to come out for that at 6 o'clock we have candlelit worship service we have a communion and just reflecting on the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and then Easter Sunday is coming up very quickly um, on April April the 4th. It's hard to believe, just a couple of weeks away. So uh, I'm excited that I get to celebrate Easter in person with you this year. Uh, it was so, so difficult last year. I was able to see you across the screen, but it just wasn't the same. So I'm excited that we get to celebrate that together. And then immediately following our Easter Sunday service, we're gonna have an Easter egg hunt for the kids out here on the lawn so if you see some bags of candy on sale and you want to donate some of those we have a bin in the back that you can bring those in and we'll be collecting uh, those easter candy orders through uh, sunday march 28th and then your easter flower orders will be collecting those um, and the names for those through monday the 29th so just give you a little extra time on those to get those in But we want to have something fun uh, for the kids outside for that. And then next Sunday, we have a guest speaker coming to join us. Uh, Pastor Leach coming from uh, Manassas Pentecostal Church will be with us next Sunday. So just invite you to come and open your hearts to receive the word the Lord has given him for us. And so at this time, I'm going to dismiss our kids to go downstairs. I forgot about them last Sunday, but we're going to send them down this morning. Amen. And uh, we're going to be looking today in the book of Leviticus. We're looking in Leviticus chapter six. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and and take that out this morning. Leviticus chapter six. We're going to look at the fire on the altar. how I many if you know, the fire must never die. It must never go out. It must never die. There was a preacher who asked his wife. He said, "Honey, should I put more fire in?" She said, honey, you should have put more of your sermon in the fire. Uh-huh. Amen. <laughs> so it's important for us to understand as we look at the book of Leviticus, that the book of Leviticus is a book of the law. And so if you're reading through the Bible, I try to read through the Bible at least once a year. And when you get to some of those books like Numbers and Leviticus, it's just going on and on and on. But there's so much that's packed Into that little book And so it's important for us to keep a point of reference When we're looking at the book of Leviticus The Old Testament books are divided into segments And so we have the Pentateuch Which is the first five books of the Old Testament Those are the books that Moses wrote And in Jewish custom, in Jewish tradition Those are the books that are referred to as the Torah The books of the law Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy And so Leviticus would be the third book of the Pentateuch. And so then we move on and we've got books of poetry and history and the major and the minor prophets and so we kind of break down the Old Testament that way. But as we read through the book of Leviticus, you're going to find all kinds of laws, all kinds of things that explain to you requirements. Requirements for offerings, requirements for um, all different kinds of offerings, requirements for cleanliness, for holiness, and for redemption. And so the book also outlines for us the ordination of priests. It outlines the day of atonement. And so the first seven chapters in the book of Leviticus reveal that there were five different types of offerings, and each offering had its particular significance. And so it's very important for us to lay the foundation of this book before we dive into it this morning so we understand that we are no longer bound to these laws. Are you with me this morning? We're no longer bound to these laws. I've had conversations with people over the years who said, you know, Pastor, I could never be a Christian. Because I could never live up to all those laws in the Old Testament. And I said, neither could I. Neither could I. And I always try to point them to the words of Jesus in Matthew 5.17. Jesus said, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I haven't come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That's why Jesus came. And because of Jesus, we no longer live under those laws. And so some, some translations substitute the word abolish for destroy and the greek word uh, there for abolish or destroy it also means to dissolve it means to demolish and it means to overthrow so it's almost as if jesus were saying listen there's a reason that these laws have been in place i didn't come to demolish them because that would almost mean they were useless they were pointless but i came to fulfill them. And the Greek word for fulfill, that's a mouthful, the Greek word for fulfill means to bring to realization, to complete, so that nothing shall be wanting. And this is the same verse that Jesus used in John 15, 11, when he said, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be fool not wanting anything that it might be fulfilled that it might be complete running over to the brim and so the apostle Paul paints a beautiful picture in Romans chapter 8 for us of what our life is like as a result of living under grace as opposed to living under the law and before you think she forgot to read the text I have it I'm getting there I'm getting there so keep your finger in Leviticus chapter 6 but Paul says in Romans chapter 8 therefore there is now no condemnation For those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. That should make somebody shout this morning. It has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what could the law do? Weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And so I want us to have this foundation in place this morning and make sure we're all on the same page before we dive into our text. So y'all don't go home thinking the pastor's telling you to light a fire and go slaughter some animals and and keep the fire going on the altar. We don't live under that law anymore. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus himself became the propitiation for our sins. He became that sacrifice. Behold, lamb of god john the baptist said who takes away the sins of the world so now that we're clear on that i want you to open your bible to leviticus chapter 6 and we're going to look this morning beginning at verse 8 and we're going to read down through verse 13 leviticus chapter 6 beginning at verse 8 it says then the lord spoke to moses saying command aaron and his sons saying this is the law for the burnt offering.'" The burnt offering itself shall remain on the hearth on the altar all night until the morning. And the fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. The priest is to put on his linen robe, and he shall put on undergarments next to his flesh. And he shall take up the ashes to which the fire reduces the burnt offering on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside of the camp to a clean place. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. But the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and he shall lay out the burnt offering on it, and offer up in smoke the fat portions of the peace offerings on it. Verse 13. Fire shall be kept burning continually on the altar. It is not to go out. Would you pray with me this morning? (coughs) Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for its relevance. I thank you, Father, that it's alive in our hearts. And so, Lord, I pray that you would quiet our minds, quiet our hearts this morning in the midst of everything else that's going on, in the midst of everything else that's surrounding us today, Lord, we lay them aside so that, God, we could just be still and hear your voice. Father, may the fire never go out. Would you keep it burning in our hearts today? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the beginning of chapter 8, the Lord gives Moses some requirements and instructions as to which sins require a guilt offering. He takes it just a little bit further in verse 8 as far as the burnt offering requirements. And what's so interesting about this is that the Lord has already given Moses the instructions and the requirements for the burnt offerings in Leviticus chapter 1. But now he's giving him further instruction. And so he tells Moses... In verse 9, the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. And then again in verse 12, he says, Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. And then yet again in verse 13, he says, Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. You think there's something that God wanted them to know? You think there's something important here that God wants them to get? The fire must never die. It must never die. Because the reality is that if the fire's gone out, then my worship just becomes religion. Just becomes something that I do. The fire must never die there's a song that came out, I think it was in the late 70s, it was by Scott Wesley Brown, and the chorus of it, he said, I'm not religious, I just love the Lord.
1: Not religious, I just
0: love the Lord, and he starts out saying, you can go to church every Sunday, and think it's kind of neat, but the Lord wants your love, full time, seven days a week. You can give away everything you own, and give it to the poor, but listen my friend, in the end, God, I love the heart. I can remember listening to that. I don't know if it was on a vinyl or a cassette tape uh, walking around the house when I was younger, but the words of it are so true. I'm not religious. I just love Jesus. I I just love Jesus. It's not a religion. it's, It's a relationship with the king of kings. How true it is. And you see, the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they were so pious. They were so hung up on the law. But they couldn't see Jesus for who he really was. They couldn't understand that he came to fulfill it. And so somebody gets healed on the Sabbath day. And they don't say, glory to God, hallelujah, it's a miracle. They say, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that.
1: We're done. God, you answered
0: my prayer. I don't need anything else from you. That's not what God's calling us to. I'm just being real with you this morning. You know, you find yourself in a situation, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need you to come through for me. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know how I'm going to get through this health crisis in my life. I need you to do something. And God shows up, performs this miracle. We praise him for a little while, but then we put him back on the shelf. We put it back on the shelf instead of saying, God, thank you. Before I get the victory, I'm gonna praise you anyway. When I'm in the middle of the storm, I'm gonna praise you anyway. When you give it, I'm gonna praise you even more, but I'm not gonna stop. The fire's not gonna go out. The fire must never die. And so this idea, of want to be Christians and this Christianity, this idea that we have is not how it works. That's not how God designed it because he is a relational God. And Jesus said in Luke 14, 26, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Those are some pretty harsh words. I mean, when you think about it, Jesus is saying, listen, you can't hate everybody The idea of loving something less loving something less so yes do you love your spouse yes sometimes when it's hard Lord help me love them help me give them stripping strength do you love your kids yes do you love your siblings yes do you love yourself yes but never more than God never more than the Lord it's a pretty hefty price to pay are you carrying your cross This morning. You know, you and I are quick to sing, I surrender all. But do we really lay it all on the altar? Do we really lay it all down? And so this contemporary, feel-good, patch on the back gospel is not the gospel that Jesus preached. It's not the gospel Jesus preached because the gospel in and of itself is offensive. It's offensive because it shows you and I who we are in light of all that He is. It reflects the sin that's in our life, and it shows us that apart from him, we are nothing. We are nothing. And there's so many people who have given their lives for this gospel. It's the blood of the martyrs that is the seed of the church. You know, I've never wanted people to look at me and look at my life and say, Oh, you're such a good Christian girl, just good church-going girl. I want people to look at my life and God help me to live up to it and say, there's a soldier who's wielding the sword of the Spirit who gets up every morning stomping on devils, walking in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, fulfilling the gospel of the kingdom. I don't want a title. I don't want religion. I want relationship with the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Jesus said, this God will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And so the Lord tells Moses, don't ever let the fire go out. Don't ever let it go out. It must not go out. The fire must never die. And I think there is such significance for you and I in this verse, because we shouldn't just be content to come and sit in the pew for a few hours on a Sunday morning. And that's the extent of our spiritual life. Because if that's all we're doing, if that's all this Christian walk is for us, then we're dousing the fire before we ever get out the door. It must never die. The prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 20, his word is in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding." He's saying that's just burning within me. I can't, I can't withhold it. I just I can't contain it. It's burning in my heart. In Luke chapter 24, verse 32, the disciples asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us as he spoke with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Is your heart burning within you this morning? The fire must never die. You and I have to be willing to put ourselves on the altar of sacrifice, our wants, our desires, our plans, and exchange them for his. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Some versions, some translations say this is your reasonable service. The fire must be burning within us. It must never go out. We could look in Matthew chapter 24, the parable that Jesus told of the ten virgins who were waiting for the bridegroom. And we know that there were five who were foolish and five who were wise. And those who failed to trim their lamps, those who failed to bring the extra oil, allowed the fire to go out. And so when the bridegroom came in an hour, they didn't know they were left behind. Is your fire burning this morning? Is your lamp full or is it running on empty? I often walk around this sanctuary, I walk around this altar, and I can't help but think of all of the prayers of all of the saints who were so faithful and so obedient. To the Lord and bringing this house to existence. And many of you are here as a result of the fruit of their labor and as a result of the fruit of their prayers and their sacrifice. But I can't help but thinking and wondering just how many tears were shed on this altar. How many times did those saints come and wrestle with the Lord? God, I'm not leaving this place. I'm not leaving this sanctuary until you stir that fire in my heart again. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until you meet with me. How many times did they refuel the lamps to keep the fire burning in this place? And friends, the reality is those saints are no longer here. It's up to you. It's up to you to keep that torch burning. Is you're all on the altar. Of sacrifice the old hymn says what is it that's burning on the altar today or has the fire gone out?" You now the priest had to work continuously to put wood on the fire to keep it burning it took some work to keep it going it took some work to stay on the flame and make sure it stayed going but the same is true for you and I we have to be willing to fuel the fire with the word of God through our worship, through time, in prayer. I was sitting in the living room the other morning. And every morning I get up, I go in the living room, I get my coffee and I get my Bible and I sit there and start doing my devotions. And so Darren was sleeping for, for quite a while and I thought it was pretty strange because he normally gets me up at like 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. And so this was about 7.30, 8 o'clock and he still wasn't up yet and I thought, It's really kind of strange, but I'm going to let him sleep. He must just be really tired. So he came out of his room, he walked in the bathroom. They went back in his room again, and I thought, something is really going on. Something's really strange here. Well, a couple minutes later, he comes out, and his face is all red, and he's got tears streaming down from his eyes. I said, honey, what's wrong? What happened? He said, I was on the floor. And I said, baby, did you fall out of bed? What happened? You know, I didn't even hear anything. He said mama I was praying I was praying and I just about lost it and I said well did God talk to you he said no but I sure talked to him the fire the fire must never go out you gotta fan the flame you gotta fan the flame or it'll go out and when it does what will you be left with tradition Religion, association, and affiliation. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29 tells us that our God is a consuming fire and he wants to consume all that we are. Lord, burn away all that remains of my fleshly sinful nature that I can be more like you. There's a story that's told of early pioneers who were making their way across the central states in search of homesteading. They traveled with their covered wagons and their oxen and all of their belongings and their children. And one day they were horrified because they looked out in front of them and there was long line that they could see of smoke in the west and it stretched for miles across the prairie that they were hoping to make their homes on. And so they just kind of stood in fear because this fire was spreading rapidly, burning the grass and it was coming towards them. And so the day before, they had crossed a river to get to this prairie, but they would not have enough time to get back to the river before the fire reached them. So they stood there looking at each other, what do we do? What do we do? One of the men who was in the the caravan looked at the situation and he said, you know what, we need to set fire to the grass behind us. And everybody kind of looked at him like he was, he'd was gone crazy. Well, the fire was coming towards us. No, we got to set fire on the grass behind us. And then when the space is burned over, we're going to move back on it.
1: We're going to move back on it. so there was this little girl,
0: as the flames were coming towards them, she cried out in fear. And she said, are you sure that we're all not going to be burned up? And the gentleman looked at her and he said, honey, the flames can't reach us here because we're standing where the fire's been we're standing where the fire's been you and I are standing this morning where the fire's been but is it still burning Is it still burning? Is it still on the altar? Fire is a purifier. It is a refiner. And we're able to stand where the fire has been because God's purged our lives of sin. He's replaced our heart of stone with a heart of flesh. And just as that burned ring of fire in the prairie, we're able to look back at our lives and see the victories that we've won because of the fire that's burning in our hearts. But we can't stop there. We can't stop there. It was a pillar of fire that led the Israelites through the wilderness. It was the flames of fire that the men looked in and they saw the fourth man walking around with Daniel's friend It was in the midst of the fire. It was a flame of fire as of cloven tongues that rested on the heads of the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, empowering them and equipping them for the service of their King. And it is a pillar of fire upon our hearts that will guide us even through life's darkest moments. Amen. The fire must never die, it must never go out. And so I wonder. This morning, if you're here, maybe you're watching us today and you just feel a little bit weary. And you just say, Lord, my life can't go on the way that it is. I don't have enough strength to do this on my own. I don't have vision. For what's ahead of me, I'm just, I'm tired of life the way it is. I'm not satisfied with things as they are right now. I need the fire on the altar to burn again in my life and in my heart. And I wonder this morning if you'd be willing to stand and come around this altar. Maybe you want to sit and maybe you want to kneel. There's plenty of room to socially distance. But let the cry of our heart be, Lord, we need fresh wind. We need fresh fire. We need fresh anointing in this place. Would you kindle the fire within our hearts. Would you set our hearts ablaze for your glory this morning. We're going to sing a song that's familiar to most of us this morning. But I want to invite you as we sing to come and kneel around this altar. Maybe you want to pray for each other this morning. but set your heart on the altar this morning. Say, Lord, I'm here to offer myself as a living sacrifice. Would you consume my heart this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, would you purge away any sin that remains in our lives? Father, anything that is not of you. Father, look at Jesus. I'm reminded of the, the silversmith this morning. Because when a silversmith is working on a piece of silver, he takes it and he puts it into the hottest part of the fire the hottest part of the flame because only when it's there are all the impurities burning out when he pulls it out of the hottest part of the flame he can see his reflection and it's, like it's then that he knows it's ready Father would you put us through the refiner's fire this morning to purify us to cleanse us Jesus. Lord, would you rekindle the fire in our hearts? To rekindle the fire in this house. Father, as on the day of Pentecost, Lord, we need the wind of your spirit to blow through this place. And
1: so,
0: Lord, we cry out this morning. Saints who have gone before us. Lord, may we carry the mantle. Father, we want to be like Elisha this morning. We want a double portion. A double portion of your anointing. Double portion of your power in our lives. Lord, may it be evident. Keep it burning in our hearts. Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us, for all that you continue to do for us. And I pray that as we leave this place today, Lord, that there's a spark, that there's a spark that's going to ignite a new flame, a new passion for you, passion for service, for worship. And it's our heart just to worship you this morning. Would you go before us today, protect us as we travel all the realms? Lord, may we emanate your presence and your glory for where we go today. And we ask this in the most powerful and mighty name, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We ask this in the name of Jesus and God's people shall amen. listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at fccfmd.com.